Hey there, my name is Srirag and you're listening to Project Passion. One hundred listens. That's right, the podcast just hit one hundred listens. And to celebrate this landmark, and you know, you have to celebrate this, these landmarks, otherwise, what is the point of doing all of this? I went out and got myself a new microphone. So I'm actually recording from that microphone right now. Maybe you can let me know if this is actually, you know, making a difference. If it's reducing the static and the background noise that was there from before. Or whether the old setup was better. Um, before I was just shooting on my iPhone. That's it. But yes, do let me know. So when you tell people that you're starting a new creative project, one of the common advice that you hear is you should not let it get political. So what I'm going to do is make things a little political. One of my life goals is to bridge the gap that exists between my home country of India and our closest neighbor, Pakistan. Now, if you don't know anything about the conflict, it all just basically boils down to a fight over this kick-ass Led Zeppelin song. Now, if you don't get that reference, um, just check the show notes. I'll I'll leave some uh, explainer articles about the conflict and maybe you'll understand it after that. But yes, I've always thought that the conflict itself exists only between the two nations' governments and not with the actual people. I think one of the biggest problems is actually that if you're an average Indian person or an average Pakistani person, the chances are that you'll never come across somebody from the other side of the border. But if you actually sit down and do what my guest and I just did, which is very simply have a conversation, you'll realize that we share more, that we have practically the same lives on either side of the border. As you meet and talk to more and more people all across the world, you realize that human experiences as a whole for pretty much all of us are identical. Here's some homework for you. Find somebody from across your border. This can be your country's border, your neighbor, or better yet, find somebody that you don't like and very simply have a conversation with them. Find out what you have in common. I'm sure you'll find something. Let's talk about our guest. So Sabia is a medical student, but she is so much more than that. She is passionate about creating beautiful digital art and driven to give her community's youth a platform for their creativity. And honestly, I found speaking to her an absolute breath of fresh air. She even performed some poetry for us. I absolutely love this conversation and I'm sure that you will too. Before I jump over to the conversation, I want to tell you that I recently started an Instagram page for the podcast. I'm thinking about ways in which it can be more than just a way to, you know, promote the podcast. I'm thinking of um, adding some, you know, more recommendations and just trying to create a community around the podcast over there. So I hope you will join me there. As always, uh, I hope you will send me 
comments, feedback, and most importantly, guest suggestions to either the Instagram or my email. Here's Sibia. Let's start with your university and everything. So, um, tell us uh, about you. Who is Sabiha? So, my name is Vela, and I'm a second year medical student. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, for now, it's more like I don't feel like a medical student entirely, considering we're still mm-hmm. preclinical students. But everything else, yeah, I feel like I'm more of like an art student than anything else. <laughs> so, why did you want to be a doctor? So I think it plays a major, like the major role that I feel like really played in my life was the fact that I'm in an Asian family and I'm the eldest, and like I've been growing up being told like doctors to be like from the age of two itself. So I feel like hearing that the age of two, did you say? Yeah, like literally, I can like the first thing I remember is being called that itself because I think there's a sense of pride like either you're a doctor or an engineer, right? So for me, like yeah. the word engineer has never really been mentioned. But it's only been doctor, doctor, doctor to the point that at the end of high school itself, I was kind of like very confused whether this is actually my decision or the people around me are actually taking it for me. So during that period of time is when I actually took a gap year, and that's where I met you at literature festival, right? So yeah, during right. that yeah, so during that gap year itself, I kind of really explored everything aside from academics and really explored my sense of self and kind of connected with that and finally came to a decision that yeah. studying medicine is actually my decision and the fact that i love science itself and that's the reason why i'm going for it no that's good i think i feel like uh, especially in our communities mm-hmm. there is a major tendency for people to just follow um you know whatever guidance is there that okay so you are going to be a doctor from a very young age so which means you just end up becoming a doctor but then what happens is that the doctors that come out of that process are not um, do not have the happiest of lives i'll say or especially with the engineers Exactly. I feel like I feel like I, I took a great decision. The fact that I really connected with the sense of self of myself, like you know, having this thing. Oh, I know that I'm doing this by myself or like for myself itself, like not for anyone else, and it kind of is not influenced entirely by someone else, but rather my own decision. And I feel like that kind of really plays a powerful push in your journey itself, rather than someone else kind of mm-hmm. like doing it for you. So you mentioned that uh, you do some um, that you see yourself more as an art student yeah. than uh, a medicine student. So what what kind of art do you do? So I would say I definitely indulge in a lot more visual art. So like I mm-hmm. indulge in uh, digital art, videography, photography, and even like writing. Anything that really expresses any form of creativity. To be re- really honest, because one thing I was realizing like a few days back itself. when i was going through my poetry that i used to start writing in gap in the gap year itself was that in that moment itself when i started poetry during the gap year it was more so like healing poetry where i was kind of like writing mm-hmm. just to heal and when i kind of like progress forward to right now how i write it's more so more metaphor- sorry metaphorical so it's like i progress from that point of healing to that point where i know that i write this for a creative passion itself And I feel like that's kind of a so, great journey. Like you see that journey within your writing itself. No, yeah, I think uh, all all artists uh, sort of go through, you know, uh, multiple different kinds of journeys. Uh, and the art that you create at one point in your life is always going to be different from yeah the art that you end up creating at beautiful. a different point in your life. Yeah, and I think that that journey that you see, especially in like artists, is always quite beautiful to see as well mm. as you mentioned. What uh, 
why did you specifically uh, start in uh, digital content creation so i think one of the reasons why i did that was that traditional art itself kind of like requires you to sit down get materials on board and have the space created right but for digital is more like you need a device and a device is literally you can carry it anywhere i mean i literally edit or do work while i'm in the car or where i'm even like in the train or anything like that so it's more so like i can carry this device and do my work because like as a medical student i will definitely say that you don't always necessarily have the most of times like you know you know mm. i'll have a lot of time on board so you kind of have to utilize those small moments you get in class or you know the moment you get outside itself so i would say i kind of like had this ability because i was indulged in digital art and digital content creation that i could carry this device or could carry the you know medium that i really wanted to create on anywhere with me but a traditional art kind of required me to sit down calmly peacefully get the materials like that's kind of a bit more expensive than i would say for digital content creation itself that's true uh, i think um, listeners might also know that i actually create this uh, podcast on my phone as well entirely exactly which i mean if you think about it maybe even like 5 uh, years ago i don't know if that was entirely possible Mm-hmm. but uh, the the entire process of this podcast is 100% entirely on the smartphone so yeah i think you you mentioned something about uh, balancing your um, you know medicine degree and uh, pursuing your passion so yes. um, how how do you do that <laughs> honestly that's like one of the questions i get the most as well because like even like as a student before like i joined med school i used to like look up to so many bloggers and i was like how do you do it and when i'm in their place i'm like i don't even know how i do it because like when you're in that position at times being told that oh my god i see you're being so productive and you're actually not being productive you're actually watching a show right there it's kind of like very guilty because you kind of feel like there's a lot more pressure to utilize your time perfectly but there were a few things that i would say like for me i think the gap year for me like that was like my pivotal point that's where everything really changed about for me So during that time I kind of realized what I wanted to do and what I wanted to carry forward in med school itself. Firstly like the first year itself I think the guilt of actually having to take a gap year was the one that really propelled me forward like to carry something forward. Yeah I'm sure uh, your uh, Asian background did exactly. help in that guilt as well. <laughs> so I mean I would definitely say my parents were really supportive but I wouldn't say necessarily okay. like everyone in the Asian culture is supportive of the idea of a gap year itself. It's like why are you taking one? And I feel like that like for me i was like i was very guilted into taking one as well like i don't know how it happened but like it just happened and then i carried this forward the entire guilt of it and i was like you know what i need to do something that kind of make gives me like a plus point like yeah this gap year kind of added on something to me and i want to carry this forward so that was like one of my motivational factor that i really carried my art form or that art that i really got from that gap year into my first year itself and i feel like having to post content online kind of i wouldn't say pressurizes you but kind of also keeps you in check that yeah you need to post something consistently and kind of like keeps that motivation going as well and i feel like sometimes so do you set yourself uh... oh sorry go ahead no sorry you can you can ask guys sorry yeah no i was going to ask if you set yourself like a you know like a target or sort of like, oh, yeah, like yeah. per day you have to uh, post this much or is it like per week or so initially i used to just post whatever it was my mood itself like you know whenever i felt mm-hmm. like oh, i need to get something off my chest that's when i used to post and some days i would go about like not posting but during that period of time for some reason when i was healing or i was kind of like understanding what i was going through i used to post like every single day 
But as I started to shift into a more creative form, more of like I wanted to add graphic art to my poetry, that started to take a lot more time. So I would start posting like two days later or something like that. But I feel like one of the things that, again, really motivated me to keep to a certain consistency was my followers that I started to gain. And the fact that they used to say that, oh, I resonate with your piece or, you know, there's something about you that I really find comfort in. That's kind of something that also kept me going and kind of like motivated me to be a certain type of consistency, like 30 times a day. I'm sorry, not three times a day, but like three times a week or so. That's too much. though. But yeah. No, I think even I've discovered that that um, consistency to keep going. Um, firstly, it's extremely difficult to come by. So yeah, I think uh, if I can offer an advice to anybody who's listening and who wants to start off on um, any sort of like creative uh, platform of any sort, uh, I think the best thing that you can do is to pick uh, uh, what do you say commitment, which works with you. So I'm guessing your what was your initial commitment? So my initial commitment was obviously I was posting every day back then. But then when I started to get like, I started to focus a lot more on quality. That's when I started mm-hmm. to pick out like, oh, three times a week itself. Because that's like something, because it would take some time to really form that piece of art. Like, you know, I feel like it's very underrated as to the, how it is created as well sometimes. Like, you know, the piece that is created actually had goes like, there's a lot of effort that really goes into Yeah, it. let's let's talk about that. Uh, how, uh, what is your process of creation? It really varies. So sometimes it's a very like passionate thing and I'm able to get it done within a few minutes itself. But usually mm-hmm. it's like starts off with an idea. Like there are like absurd times I come up with ideas. Like I remember like at a dinner table, I had one idea for some reason and I wanted to note it down. So I put it on a tissue paper and I kept <laughs> it with me because the thing is that I I tend to forget things. So for me, like whenever I remember things, like even if I'm going to bed, there are times when I keep a notebook next to me so I can note down ideas. Because I'm unable to sleep and I have these thoughts running in my head. I'm like, I don't want to lose them. So I note them down quickly. (laughs) And what I've done is that I've compiled any inspirational piece that I find or any of the notes or any ideas that come by into a folder. And that kind of like, kind of like serves as an inspirational board, you can say. Like, you know, whenever I have the time, I can construct on that idea itself rather than lose it itself. So you kind of like note down your, you know, idea itself and then you build on it. So it depends. Like, for example, for videography, it's mainly edits. And that editing process goes in like, okay, splitting and then adding the music. And, you know, a lot of thought, I think, goes into the music itself. Like, you need to choose an appropriate music to kind of suit to that message you're trying to get across itself. So that's my oh, yeah, thing. I think anybody, anybody who uh, does video editing. So I've done, I've made mm-hmm. some uh, YouTube videos in the past. And um, the actual editing process takes about, uh, I don't know, three to four hours for a... Exactly. It's, five minute video I and uh, choosing the music choosing the music takes to us exactly like i have to literally <laughs> message people at times being like girl what do you think about this because the thing is that sometimes you even get so immune to listening to that single tune you don't even find that you know that passionate or any thought or emotion that you had before towards it and you have to like make another person listen to it and be like do you still feel this mood <laughs> like i don't know <laughs> So, and yeah. I don't know how copyright laws work on exactly. uh, Instagram, but uh, the other issue is if you're if you're posting on YouTube, you obviously cannot use music. Which exactly, you are, exactly. You know, uh, you can't be like a film. You can't be like Tarantino. Yeah, I never like, knew this. Picks up whatever uh, uh, what do you say music that he wants, and like his studio pays for this entire thing. But you have to be like choosy about free music which is cheap or whatever exactly i never knew about the whole copyright thing like initially even for poetry and stuff 
there when I mm-hmm. initially started off, I even started to face a lot of like do you call it infringement? I don't know what exactly what you call it, but uh, it's like when people legally speaking, yes, <laughs> yeah, because like when people start to steal uh work, your work or something like that, that's when I got to know there's something known as that as well. Like I didn't steal anything, but I was inspired by a certain work and I reconstructed it in my own way as well. So they were like, oh, no, you stole it. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was so shook. I was like, I made this on my own, but I was inspired by a piece. And thus, I tagged them as well for that. But I don't know the whole controversy towards that. And I kind of like was on the both ends. So like I had my work stolen from me. But at the same time, I was apparently accused of stealing someone else's work. So I kind of like felt the both spectrum of it, you can say. So how did that make you feel, though, when, when somebody did steal from you? Oh, I was like, my motivation level is going low. Like, what is this online community? I was like, I've got to, like, personally, I was, like, very, like, um, honored that someone recognized me to be able to see my work, but also because it was pointed out to me through someone else. So I was like, oh, my God, you came across my work, you know my work. And I was, like, very, like, you know, touched by that. But then I kind of, like, that person was apparently told that they've been telling me about this, and they came forward about it. They were like, I'm so sorry, I found your work to be really admirable, and this I included, blah, blah. And then, uh, anyways, it got resolved. So I feel like, like, the thing is that for me, during that period of time, I was kind of like going through this mindset change as well. I was like, these are all challenges that I'm going to face as I grow. And I feel like that kind of builds you to kind of like build your response as to how you respond to even a bigger scenario if this was to happen. I mean, I don't know. Have, did you hear about the Taylor Swift thing that happened? How she was accused of no. your turnaround? The Kanye West situation. The who, sir? Taylor Swift. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, I was like, yeah, oh my yes. God, that's building me up to this point. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you never know. I feel like all these. So who did you feel? Uh, who did you feel empathy for in that situation? For Kanye or for Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift. Did you hear the new thing that came out? Apparently, it was all wrong, like how they accused her and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. Apparently, that's what, like, I, I was reading this news like two weeks back where they were like, apparently, they twisted the story. To sound like she was on the wrong when actually she was on the right the entire time, but then again it's media. Yeah, see, I'm not I'm not surprised by that uh, when when Kanye is on the other end. I mean, no, that's no offense to Kanye, but Kanye is a weird dude. <laughs> I mean, I got to hear he's okay. bipolar, so I I don't know how I feel about certain things. Is he? But that, that does make sense. I mean, see, I love Kanye's music from like way mm-hmm. back when, but uh, recent past, uh, they it's it's not really my thing. Is all I'm gonna say. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about uh, uh, PYF though, yes. uh, which is one of the other things which uh, you've uh, gotten pretty involved mm-hmm. in. So, uh, what is PYF and uh, what does it do exactly? All right, so PYF stands for Pakistan Youth Forum, and it's basically mm-hmm. the youth wing of Pakistan Association Dubai. So, what it does mm-hmm. that it's basically the main aim of it is just to empower youth itself, and our youth definition really ranges from like the school students to up to 30 itself and whatever initiatives we take on forward it's like has i can't even like tell you how much of effort really goes into it and so much of logistics and everything goes like this is my first time getting exposed to so much of you know effort that was put into it and you can't really like it's very underrated but like the whole thing the whole initiatives that take place are just to for the like the goal of it just to empower youth like recently we had an open mic and that was, like, one of the first virtual open mic that I kind of, like, you know, attended or hosted. Actually, I hosted it. And that was, like, a big thing because the whole quarantine really shifted everything to the virtual space itself. So what, what happens in a, a typical open mic? So in a typical open mic, it's usually the host starts off. She kind of, like, you know, 
pumps everyone up and you know like we start off by saying that you have to snap so in poetry you actually never like clap you snap your fingers when you want to appreciate a poet itself why is that so i think the main reason why this happens is because uh snapping kind of like does not disrupt a poet but clapping kind of mm. like you know undermines or you know you can't really hear the person speaking when there are a lot of people clapping so snapping is kind of like oh it's small but it's like it's an appreciation for the poet itself so when you're reading like i remember in blank space there's a platform that you know conducts open mics and mm. uh, when you're standing there on that platform you could literally not see any of the audience like there's this just just a spotlight on you so i feel like one thing is that obviously you're overcoming your public speaking itself but also it's like when you're in that space you can't see anyone so the sound you hear of that snapping it's kind of like keeps you going it's kind of like really like you know supportive audiences right there and that's what i love about open mics like there hasn't been even one open mic that i've attended that hasn't been that hasn't had a supportive audience like everyone there is supporting you because you're being vulnerable and you're being raw with your words and just showcasing your art do you think that's specifically the people who are organizing it or uh, is it just uh, people are really nice so i think mostly because the audience themselves are consistent of poet or the people who are interested mm. in poetry so i feel like that value of poetry is instilled in you like you're you know how it feels to come up and be vulnerable be talking about what you experience and you know kind of like showcasing art is a form of vulnerability itself so i feel like that appreciation is very like instilled and showcased in the way the show support as well yeah i think so if you if you have an audience full of poets they will be more um okay with you um you know being a poet as well but exactly. uh, i know for a fact that like for example i have some friends who do uh stand up comedy and then mm-hmm. they always say that like hecklers are a massive issue whenever you go and do it like uh, any sort of open mic yeah so um so you mentioned that you're doing open mics on um i guess what is it zoom i'm yes. guessing yes yes and um so how is it different when you're doing it through zoom so okay so the thing is that on zoom because it wasn't just limited to a small limited group itself we kind of like spread the link bar right because we wanted a greater audience and uh, the problem we can you can say or you know you can really face that is really different from a normal platform like you know how you normally conduct open mic is the technical difficulties so like first hmm. of all like internet connection is a big thing like you can't hear sometimes people and there's too much of audio like you know the background noise itself such that the poetry itself kind of like loses its rhythm i would say or you can't hear certain words it kind of loses its pace as well But second thing like I've noticed this in a lot of Zoom meetings because I recently conducted a PYF debate itself right so in any of these uh Zoom you can say like Zoom meetings or Zoom uh events itself is that you can tend to have a lot of hackers and that's been happening really, a lot Really you faced hackers in your meetings Yes yeah, so it's apparently I I googled this apparently it's called Zoom bombing Mm. and it's like all these racists and all these haters that come on board to your events and they just start writing disgusting comments and they start hating on whatever you're saying and i experienced that in one of the open mics not the pi phone by recently experienced in one of them and i was like it was quite scary not going to lie especially because like the host everyone lost control over of everything so it was kind of like pretty scary that moment itself because you're just narrating your poetry and then this happens so i feel like that privacy issue you can really face on internet itself like to have that done to go that in any event i think it's possible cuz like you know that link is widespread and it's on the internet so that i think that's 
problem with privacy, which is just a, a magical magical place <laughs> exactly I mean, everything is like it's liberal right so you can speak anything on the space of the internet but like on open mics as well like i have to notice that before you even start you're advised and told to you know refrain from using certain words and you're even uh refraining from talking about political topics so religious and political topics are awaited yeah so i think um it's yes the internet is supposed to be like this uh, free paradise and everything mm-hmm. but then um it's it's extremely easy for people to take advantage of that uh, yeah. situation as well as you said and i feel like open mics mm-hmm. itself like i used to find it to be such a safe place to get your emotions and words out and for mm-hmm. that to be like that's one of the things about online platforms that sometimes when it's not really protected i wouldn't say it's like with all events that happen obviously because you can't secure it later on and stuff but it was just like recently i read this term that zoom was apparently facing problem with that a lot because you know how everyone's transferring onto that platform like our classes mm-hmm. everything like even classes my sisters were really facing this problem where people would come up and they would start disrupting their class And I think you've also hit on something which is a bit um which is a bit troubling about the internet and versus the people who uh you know show up to the events uh, mm. in real life the internet uh, especially because of the anonymity that it gives you it has a tendency to create a, another side of you or like exposes a different yeah. side of you where you're okay with being a heckler or you're okay with being a hate monger because you can't that person who you're being uh, a hater to Yeah, that's not true. there in front of you. Exactly. So I feel um, like yeah, that's one thing as well you can face on a virtual or open mic is that it's easy to hate on a person or easy not to support them because you can't see them. And I feel like when you're physically there, it's it's like you're a lot more nicer, I would say. Because Yeah, because the see, consequences yeah. are right there. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like that so, that actually makes me think like even when you're a digital content creator, It's easier to hate on people when they create the content or easy to be I guess demean them than you would when you're actually kind of like being in front of them creating traditional art I would say or being just in front of them itself. Have you ever gotten any uh, hate messages? Oh no, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad your... I didn't. No? <laughs> As of yet I haven't. As of yet. Okay, let's hope let's hope that that uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, but like the thing on. is that at the same time I'm kind of like uh even if I do, I feel like I'm kind of like in the gratefulness side because like the thing is that i think when you're in that space as well you tend to look up to a lot of people right and then you hear mm-hmm. their stories that aren't necessarily always pleasant where they have gone through hate and that made them stronger so for me like whenever i hear of certain things or even if i did face i didn't face majorly anything like that but even if i do face i kind of want to feel like i would like to take this in a positive manner and i i wouldn't i would like to separate my work from myself as well which is really hard to do by the way especially when your art is a kind of like a reflection of yourself it's very hard to dissociate your work from yourself i completely agree okay so maybe you can perform some of your poetry for us fear you make my body quake you leave cracks in my esteem and invites doubt to harbor and fester as you send a shiver down my spine to drown my fire fear You soak up all the syllables that I was to mutter, so I stumble and stand there mute with my stomach heavy with nausea. Fear. I take guilt bites as I'm lost in your panicky howls while you lay out procrastination unevenly and drink from my reservoir of energy. Fear. You trick my potential and wipe out my credential, leaving nothing but the raspy and rough remains for me to draw from. Fear. 
You rule the you rule the beats of my heart, pulling me out of the first hello. You grip me, whisper obscurely, while darkness grasps my senses and wraps my dream in dark matter. Fear. With you, my soul remains parched like the desert, and my brain wrecked with nervosity as a sensation spreads across my body. But fear. I want to be one step ahead of you this time. I don't want my fate to collapse beneath your decision. I want to spell courage louder than your stifling whispers as I embrace opportunities regardless of how daunting and risky you paint it to be. And that's it. I don't know if you can hear the snaps. <laughs> I can hear it. I can hear it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that, was a, that was very beautiful. Yeah, how did you like, come up with it? Honestly, mm-hmm. it was just like a thing I was going through. So like, I feel like everyone goes through it, right? Everyone has certain fears, right? So I feel like there was a point where I was just like, belittling myself or kind of like going through this self-loathing moment which I feel like overcomes anyone at any any point of time and I didn't want to overcome myself or I didn't want to relapse you could say so you know there's certain moments when you feel like oh you're progressing in life but then there are these emotions that come back which make you feel like you went back to step one I don't want to feel like that I didn't want to like feel like there's something that's taking me back all the way there so I feel like that's why I wrote it I kind of like wrote it for myself to kind of like process my emotions, my thoughts. And I feel like that's one thing that's really beautiful about poetry is that it allows you to process your emotions and your thoughts at the same time. It's almost like journaling, but in a lot more creative form, if it makes sense. Mm. And yeah, of I, it does. the feeling itself, I feel like I wanted to put that forth to other people as well because I know I'm not the only one. And I feel like doing that, especially like I, like I said, like digital content creation is like the space between you and others. And it's always like initially when I start off, it's like it's about me. But then when I start to receive comments, like, oh, it's also a space about them. And I kind of like initially, like, you know, when you're creating digital content, you kind of like, oh, you want to appease the audience as well. You want to write to words, whatever they're feeling as well. And that kind of like in the middle of it, I would definitely say it kind of did deviate me from who I was and why I was writing. And I feel like in the process of all this and when you're on the online platform, you kind of also need to keep yourself in check. Like, are you, who are you doing this for? Are you doing this for you or for them entirely? So who are you doing it for? Oh, I would definitely say in the middle. <laughs> like for me, like for <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, like the thing is that this is kind of like my healing process. This is also for me to kind of like be mindful on what I'm feeling and what I want to kind of like shape my thoughts into. But at the same time, I want to be a source of inspiration or probably a resonant piece for others as well. So sometimes you really need to like keep in mind that this space, sorry, the space itself is online is not only just you this time, as it would be like when you're keeping your passion story to yourself. This is space Uh, of both. uh, Yeah, I think uh, it's, uh, you know, like whenever I hear uh, people give advice about writing, there's there's Mm -hmm. always a tendency for people to say that, you should write for yourself and that, you know, yeah. you should only, or you should create for yourself. Undoubtedly, but, yeah. And and yes, you should. You should definitely, like, you mm-hmm. should be pleasing yourself 100%. You should be trying exploring your own demons yeah. with your writing or whatever it is that you're creating. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, it's okay to, I think you have to, at some level, understand that when you're creating something, you are creating for other people mm-hmm. and that uh, you have to make yourself a little okay with that or with mm-hmm. uh, accepting that it is meant for other people. I feel like that's fine as well, as long as you're authentic to your emotions. Like yes. at the same time, because the thing is that, okay, when it comes to photography and videography or anything that's very aesthetically pleasing, that's something that 
is appealing to me yes for sure but i also need to keep in mind okay what do the your followers or your audience find engaging like hmm. if you want to grow on a digital platform i'm saying this deviating a bit from you know your personal art itself it's like if you want to grow digitally on a platform itself you kind of also need to keep in mind what do people like but not necessarily let those likes take you away from what you wouldn't like as well it's always that I middle ground agree. i completely agree Okay, so I'd like to end the podcast by asking my guests, what is their message to people during the quarantine? So I think what is one your message? thing is that definitely keep to your art. I feel like one thing this really allowed me was just to kind of like settle down, connect with my family, because that's one thing I wasn't really doing well. You know that in the hustle bustle of life itself, when driving about university, this, 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 this kind of really brought me to ground to be at home, connect with people, connect. with my form of art get more time towards myself that i wasn't really paying attention to while everything was going on so i feel like this quarantine itself really brought in a break and i feel like everyone should take this as a break as well it's not necessary like i keep telling this to myself as well as that it's not necessary to keep being productive every single day because after all it is a pandemic and anxiety is very real it's very out there and it's all right to feel it as well and it's all right to take a break and just sometimes relax but also connect to your art if it's a form of healing for yourself so that was sabia i think if i start unpacking the sheer number of things which we talked about i'll be here for another half an hour at least and i'm sure nobody has time for that <laughs> but i'll try and pick out some of the things which uh, i found the most fascinating in um, our conversation I think the most important thing from that entire um, conversation was the idea of taking a step back when you're about to embark on a you know a lifetime of your passion. Chasing a passion is something which will take a lot out of you. It is not a small decision and whatever it is if it's to become an artist or to become a doctor or whatever uh, you want to do you have to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons and i found it quite interesting that she actually had the courage to take a gap year it is not something that is very common in asian communities honestly if you bring it up to any random parent you'd probably get smacked and I'm quite happy that her parents also had the foresight and the awareness to actually let her take that gap year to help her explore those um, other avenues which she might end up going and that she actually did end up um, chasing the passion which her parents also wanted her to chase. The second thing I think is about finding your own creative process. I think one of the important things which we touched upon in this conversation was having the right goals for you and this is something which I found extremely useful when creating this podcast itself I told myself that I'm going to put out one episode a week so I mean you could conceivably put out 3 4 episodes a week but I knew that I had to make sure I had I had set myself a target which I know for sure I would meet. And that is the case with any creative project that you 
want to undertake or more importantly any creative project that you want to maintain you have to find a target which works for you and a target which you know you will stick to So my sister pointed out last week that a lot of people probably missed out on the final segment of the show because I started to do my outro. It's a shame because this is actually my favorite part of the show. It's called Quarantine Stories and it's where listeners like you share voice notes with me about uh, their journeys in quarantine. I hope that you'll stick around for that but also contribute to it by sending me a voice note. I genuinely believe that all of us have an interesting story to tell and I just love telling stories man. I want to thank Sabia for being a part of this podcast. You can find her on Instagram at uh, sabia.sidiki. The link for it is in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever application that you are fond of, Google, Apple, Pocket Cast, whatever it is. But please do leave a rating and a review. It really does help the show. Send this episode to somebody who's at a crossroads, who's about to start a new creative journey or chase after a new passion. I'll see you next time, and here's your quarantine story of the week. Hi, I'm Shahid, and. When it comes to my passion, I guess I'm still looking for mine. I mean, I see so many people saying they're passionate about books or art or music and for me personally, I feel like when it comes to finding a passion or being passionate about something, it's more about the depth of it. So, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of things that I find so much joy in in life, simple things, but I don't necessarily feel like I'm passionate about them. And for a very long time I was very concerned because I thought is this how it's going to be am I never going to be genuinely passionate in anything but then I realized that for me it's just about finding a deeper sense of connection to a hobby or activity or anything really that can stem a passion for a person and I just wanted to make sure that I was really going to invest my time my effort and my focus into something that can benefit me mentally, emotionally and in plenty of ways. So maybe that's why I haven't found mine yet, I guess. I'm still working on it and you know I know it doesn't necessarily have to be just one thing. It could be a combination of smaller things that I'm passionate about, but I'm I guess I'm still figuring it out maybe and it took a lot for me to realize that there's nothing wrong with that it doesn't make me any less motivated it doesn't make me any less of an enthusiastic person it's just it comes from my sense of wanting it to be planned or focused and genuine and uh, you know what i really think that it's just a matter of time and that you don't find your passion your passion finds you So maybe I it hasn't found me yet but I'm not going to give up you know it's just about trying new things and just spreading your wings I guess and figuring out what works for you what doesn't work for you and regardless of you know 
as long as things bring you joy in life, I'm sure your passion will come right after that.